Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. You can find us at www.hisheartline.com. With God at the driver's seat, I am Jason, your co-host. You're listening to 1% or less with him. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Happy Sunday. It is June 12th, 2022. And I am Jason, your co-host. Happy to have you here today. And so uh, anyway, um, today uh, we're going to be reading out of the book of Samuel. Actually, let's see here. 1 Samuel and then chapter 14, verses 1 through 23. And so, but before we get started, I'm just going to ask all of you out there that are listening in um, today, of course, as you know, a few weeks ago, my wife, her grandfather passed away and um, his wife, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were married about 75 years. Uh, she had just passed away today and uh, they're like another set of parents to my wife. She was very close to them. And so she's very, 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 as you can imagine, very upset of the loss and the passing. Um, they both lived in their lower to mid nineties, but boy, what a long life they lived. And like I said, they had been, they had been married at least 70 years. I th- want to say it's been 75 years. I'm sure I'll get corrected on this, um, by my mother-in-law when she listens to this, but, uh, you know, they'd known each other since grade school, since third grade. And so I find that very amazing that two people can know each other for so long and be not your typical high school sweetheart love story, but literally almost like lifelong soulmates. They had practically known each other, not quite since birth, but pretty much close to it. And so I ask for all your prayers for my wife, for my wife's family, my mother-in-law, my uh, my sister-in-law, and everybody who is very close. And yes, I am saddened by the news. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I'm starting to take on the uh, perception of death in a different way, even with my own family. You know, I had a grandmother that passed away not too long ago, and when she died, I was very, very sad. But, you know, I knew she was definitely on to bigger and better adventures on the other side. So, you know, I see this as definitely a time to not just celebrate life. Like, we always hear that, like, oh, we need to celebrate their life. And, and yes, it's easier... It's easier said than done for some people because not everybody has the same perception of life and death, right? Everybody's got different perceptions. Everybody has different ways of accepting those realities. And uh, today I was listening to something, as a matter of fact, and I found it very interesting. And I, I wish I could remember where I heard it from. But whoever it was that I was listening to, they were saying that on every tombstone... There is a birth date, and then there is a date of death. And one thing that's for certain is that we all are guaranteed those two dates in our life. A birth date and a date of death. There's no escaping that. There's just no escaping that. But what he went on to say, which the next thing he went on to say, which I thought was very compelling and profound, and what he had said was... 
But that dash that separates those two dates, that dash is what makes up your life. How was your life lived? How did you spend your life? Did you spend it in regret? Did you spend it chasing your dreams? Did you spend it being a, trying to be the best father or mother that you can be? Um, you know, did you do your best to be a servant for God and Jesus Christ to help those who are less fortunate than you? Like, how did you spend, like, what was your dash? What was your dash between those dates? Because that dash is what defines our life. Now, make no mistake, I'm not saying it's who, what it, that dash is defining who we are, but that dash represents how we lived our life, what our life represented. How much joy did we bring to others? How much help and how many smiles did we bring to other people's lives? You know, what was your dash? And I got to say, for my wife's grandmother and grandfather, I can tell you for certain without knowing them their whole lives that part of their dash, both of them, were being excellent grandparents to my wife and my sister-in-law. Um, and excellent, excellent grandparents. She loved them. She, you know, her grandfather taught her how to play poker. And, uh, you know, her grandmother, they would always play poker. So her grand and, and then, of course, her grandmother would teach her how to play uh uh, I want to say it was not just solitary. I want to say maybe it was spider solitary, but definitely solitary. So, you know, it, they were big card players. And so both of them taught her how to play cards. And she's got very fond memories of them. So anyway, but uh, I don't mean to make the beginning portion of this podcast about them, but it's a time that we're kind of going through in our family where we've been dealing with a lot of death. Her grandma, her grandpa, I got, you know, my dad's side, uh, my great aunt just passed away. She had a funeral this week over in Wisconsin. Um, then my mom on my mom's side, her uncle, which would be my great uncle, he passed away just not too long ago. And it's just been, uh, you know, just people are getting to that age in our family where a lot of them are starting to pass away. And so we just ask for your prayers and um, we appreciate those prayers too. Um, we feel them. So anyway... I want to say thank you for joining us here for another 1% or less with him. And I am Jason. So what we're going to get into it right now is, like I said, Samuel, 1 Samuel, verse uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 23. And so we're going to start off with reading. Now, before I get into the reading, I want to say this. So I've been talking with Donna Brandenburg every Friday on the His Hardline discussion shows. She is running for governor in the state of Michigan. And I have her, uh, I follow her on Telegram. And so she had posted something yesterday that I thought was so profound. And she drew such a, an amazing parallel with what we're seeing today in today's world. And so uh, I told her, I said, well, I like this so much. I'm going to use this on my next Bible reading podcast. So I am stealing this from her today from her telegram. And uh, hope you all found it just as compelling as I did. So. This kind of goes in two parts. So uh, verses 1 through 14, this is what we will call part 1. So this fight has happened before, and history repeats. Now, one day, and it reads, One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his son, to, or excuse me, said to his young armor-bearer, 
come, let us go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gabeah, under the pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Aijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was a son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitab, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, and the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jordan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozaz, and the other Sinia. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash, and the other to the south toward Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let us go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor-bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, Come on then, we will cross over toward them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will say, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come to, up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come up to us, and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up, using his hands and feet, with his armor-bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor-bearer killed some twenty men in an area of about a half an acre. Now, that was 1 Samuel uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Now, the second part, and then we're going to get to just a short little summary and conclusion that Donna wrote here. So the second part is the fight has happened before. Of course, history repeats itself again. Now, continuing on with verses 15 through 23. The panic struck the whole army. Those in the camp and field and those in the outpost and raiding parties and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Saul's lookout at Gibeah and Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. Then Saul said to the men who were with him, Muster the forces and see who has left us. And when they did, it was Jonathan and his armor bearer who went who were not there. Saul said to Aijah, Bring the ark of God. And at that time it was with the Israelites. While Saul was talking to the priest, the tumult in the Philistine camp increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all his men assembled and went to the battle. They found the Philistines in total confusion, striking each other with their swords. It was Hebrews who had previously been with the Philistines and had gone up with them to their camp, went over to the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. 
And when all the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in the hot pursuit. So on that day the Lord saved Israel, and the battle moved on beyond Bethaven. And that is 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 15 through 23. And so, like Donna was saying in her post, because again, she's been dealing with a lot running for governor. She's been, you know, had her name kicked off the ballot, and then now she went to go take the fight to the Supreme Court on the state level because they had lost 10,000 some odd signatures for the, you know, for her petitions to run for governor. And of course, then she added some things to the lawsuit that would pretty much unveil them for the crooks that they are. And then all of a sudden, those 10,000, you know, those, those signatures all of a sudden showed up. So, you know, there's a very unique fight that Donna Brandenburg is having right now on the state level of Michigan. Now, I know a lot of you who are listening from Georgia or Tennessee or California or Russia or Canada may be thinking, well, why are you talking about Michigan, Jason? Well, I'm talking about Michigan for a reason, because what's going to happen in Michigan is going to have a very big impact, not just nationwide, but worldwide. I can't get into the explanation about this right now, but just trust me when I say it. But there is a reason that all these people in government, quote unquote, the corporate government, are in such a panic. They're doing stupid stuff and confusion is in their camps, if you will. And we may be experiencing problems and challenges like inflation in food and the high gas prices. And we're just dealing with a barrage of what seems to be a barrage of attacks from, you know, every which direction. Um, and we just can't seem to get a breath, but you know, guaranteed, but here's the one thing that's guaranteed as they scramble to keep their rank together. And when I say they, I'm talking about the powers that need not be the elite class. We are seeing total confusion and a destruction and a changing of the old guard. So basically, in other words, they are eating themselves. They are destroying themselves just like the Philistines as they were attacking themselves in confusion. And that is what's happening with the elite class right now. The, 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 what's left over of the, you know, the bad people, if you will. They are in confusion and they are eating their own and they are destroying their own. And there is a changing of the old guard and a new guard will be coming in. A new guard of we the people. And it's going to start with pivotal people, one of them being Donna Brandenburg. And there's other ones out there. If you listen to other podcasts that I had talked about within the assembly, you'll know who exactly who those people are. But here's the part of the story that we're at. Realizing that Jonathan had been attacking the globalist as we are waking up to join the fight. And that's what's happening right now. There's a great awakening happening right now where everybody's waking up. Everybody is waking up to join the fight. The Great Awakening, as they call it. God is with us, and believe you me, they are finished. So, I say all that to say this. I know we have a lot of troubles and struggles right now. There's people out there that are struggling to pay for groceries. Or eventually, it's going to come to a point where people are going to start making tough choices between filling up the gas tank or, you know filling up their cupboards but here's the thing you got to understand you got to comprehend this one simple fact just trust in god just 
believe everything's going to be all right because you know what? It will be all right. He's going to lead us through the darkness. He's going to lead us through these, you know, these trials and tribulations that we're going through. But believe you me, it's going to be just fine. We just have to trust in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have to believe in, in God, not just believe in God, but we have to have a relationship and know God, know that he's going to be there for us. So with that, we're going to end with a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day. Thank you for your good health and another day of life. And we just pray for those that are departed, not just in our family, but anybody who's listening who has lost a grandmother, grandfather, mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, a friend. We just pray that you give solace to all those people and that you help them and lead them as they deal with the sorrow and mourn the loss of friends and family. And I pray for my family. And I just thank you so very much, though, for just just being there every every step of the way through all these challenging times because it's you that we have to listen to. It's you that we, that we have to turn to. So thank you for being being there for us, Father. So we pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. With that, I will close this out. And I wish every single one of you a blessed, blessed, blessed day or night, wherever you are in, in, the, in the world. All right. Thank you for listening and join us again later. All right. Have a good day. I want to say thank you again for joining us here at His Heart Line. You just listened to 1% or less with him. Don't forget you can find us at www.ishardline.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Have a blessed day. Yeah, baby.